Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study through the book of 2 Timothy. And I'm excited to get into this one. This one is going to be 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Once again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is what we're going to be looking at. And uh, it really has a lot to do, a lot to do with, well, what God has equipped us with what God has equipped us with. And, uh, you, you know, th- this verse is just incredibly impactful, and it's one that is incredibly relevant for the day and age that we live in. You know, the Bible is always relevant, but it seems like there are sometimes verses that, that just apply a little bit more to your circumstance, a little bit more uh, to what you're going through at that point in time, or uh, something of that nature. And we see here this verse, I believe this verse really applies to the day and age that we live. But before we get to it, Let's go ahead and let's do our scripture reading, and so we'll read 2 Timothy chapter 1, of course, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be fu- excuse me, filled with joy when I call to, rem- call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoners, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed in the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grants to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me very zealously, and he found me. The Lord grant to him that he might find mercy and grace in the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me, at Ephesus. Well, here today we come to verse 7, and it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, 
this idea of fear is incredibly important to go and to understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear because Timothy at this point in time would have had a lot to be afraid of. Uh, just physically speaking, uh, you go and, and you look at the, the time in history uh, that, that this happened. And of course, Nero is the emperor and Nero was not a good guy. He was especially not good to the Christians. I mean, he's the one who burnt down the city of Rome and then he blamed the Christians after that. And he persecuted the Christians relentlessly. In fact, his, his wife would go and light her dinner parties at night with the corpses of Christians uh, by going and putting them on stakes and lighting them on fire. Now that is, uh, you know, absolutely horrible and gruesome, but it got, it, it gets even worse actually with what Nero would go and do towards Christians. He would go and take them and he would find a uh, cow's carcass, and he would go and take the Christian alive, stuff them into a cow's carcass, go and sew it in that, and then go and uh, sick lions on the Christians. Uh, he had the greatest military force at that point in time, and one of the the, the most disciplined military forces uh, that that there really has ever been. And uh, I mean, just just hardened, hardened, hardened warriors. And they would get so tired of murdering Christians that they would eventually go and throw their swords down and say, like, I'm done doing this. And the lions, they would have eaten so much Christian flesh that eventually they quit eating Christians because they were full. I mean, this is this is the incredible thing is that uh, Nero was doing to the church. I mean, it's gruesome what he was doing. And, and those kind of things are enough, of course, to terrify somebody, to to set them and give them fear and, and make them afraid. But here we see the Apostle Paul going and comforting his spiritual son, Timothy, goes and says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Now, what spirit did God give Timothy and does God give us? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that he's talking about right here, uh, at least alluding to that concept, because we see here it says the power and love and of a sound mind. And we know that these are things that the Holy Spirit goes and he brings into our life. But we see here that the spirit that God gives us it is not to be a spirit of fear. And this is incredibly important to understand this first part. And we're going to go look at those three positive attributes. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. That doesn't mean that you're going to be uncomfortable. doesn't mean that there aren't going to be times when, when you uh, are afraid. But it's saying that he has given you a spirit, the Holy Spirit, who can go and help you overcome any fear that you might have in order to do righteousness, in order to do what God has called you to do. You, you can overcome any of that fear. If you're afraid to go share the gospel with somebody, well, you have this Holy Spirit in you and you can overcome that fear through the Holy Spirit. He can go and help you through this. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of one, ultimately, if it's not a fear, that means it's a spirit of, of courage, of courage. Now, 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 this is an interesting thing when it comes to courage, because having courage doesn't mean an absence of fear, but rather it means pushing forward in the presence of fear. 
That's what courage means. There's going to be times, there are going to be times when you are uncomfortable. There are going to be times when, when in your flesh you're saying, I'm afraid, but it's not your flesh that you're leaning upon. It's the Spirit of God. But we see here, if he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, what does he give us a spirit of? Well, the first one here is of power, and this is, is that dudamos power. It's that power that, that God promises us that we will receive when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. It, it's, it's, the, it, it's the power that, that God goes and he endows with his children through the Holy Spirit. It, it is incredible, incredible power that God goes and gives us, but it's not power of our own volition. It, it's power that, that God supplies that is absolutely, completely supernatural. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, I, I've been put in in many situations and many difficult situations in my life and intimidating situations, ones that would be uncomfortable uh, and, and sometimes very much were. And I'm just going to share a couple of them with you, and I'll, I'll try to do it quickly so we don't go too far over on time. Uh, but the first one was was the first time I ever preached first time I ever preached. And uh, when I was was there, the first time I got ready to preach, it, I, I didn't have very much time to prepare. Um, I was asked to preach on a Sunday morning at a fair, a county fair. And I had just, I don't know, I, I think I was asked that Thursday and I was busy. It was Thursday evening and I was busy all day Friday. So I basically had Saturday to go and prepare. Now it's at a fair, so it's a little bit different circumstances. And I get up to go preach and a gust of wind comes in through the tent, and it blows my notes away while I'm in the middle of my introduction. What do you do in those moments? Well, I, I just kept preaching. I trusted God in that. I mean, it was it was an intimidating thing. You know, there are a lot of people who are terrified to go and preach. This is your first time going and doing it. I, I was, uh, I think, 16 years old. It, it, it was was very much a, a, a difficult thing. But what did I lean into? Not what I was feeling in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit. And so I just stuck to the Word of God. And of course, I let the Holy Spirit lead in that moment. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, He, he gives you that of miraculous power. That's, that's miraculous power. That doesn't make any sense that somebody would be able to do that. Another time where I got put into a, a difficult uh, situation, uh, in you know, th this one is maybe less um, uncomfortable in, in certain ways, but I, I started getting involved in politics, and one of the questions I kept having was, was how can I get involved locally in politics? And, and I was, I, I'm very much, I really love state politics. That's really where my heart is when it comes to politics. I enjoy politics and state politics specifically. Uh, but I, I kept getting asked locally, locally, what can I do? And so I decided, you know, I need to see how a city council meeting works. People are talking about city council stuff. I've never been to a city council meeting. And so people were asking me advice. And so I'm like, well, I got to go check this out. And I showed up for the first time to a city council meeting and I walked in and oh my goodness, 
that you should have seen the faces of the mayor and the city council, uh, city council there that, you know, they, they knew who I was, uh, from, from around town and things like that. And they knew that I was getting involved in politics and I was speaking boldly on politics and I was proclaiming God's law in politics and things like that. In in when I walked into the room, you would have thought, you would have thought that, I, I don't know, that they saw a ghost and a zombie and a vampire all at the same time. I mean, they were terrified. Color left their face. The mayor looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? Are, are, are you here to file to, 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 to run for office? Or, are, are, are you upset? And I'm just like looking around like, uh, no, should I be? Is there something I should be upset with? Is there a reason I should run for office? What, what is going on here? <laughs> kind of funny. But you could just see that they were terrified. And I want you to realize that, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. And because it is a spirit of power, let me tell you what happens when you just go and you follow the spirit, you obey what the spirit is doing, it, it turns the situation around. One that's awkward. I, I, I didn't know if I was going to know anybody at the at the city council meeting. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I didn't know if people were going to, you know, while I was there, ask me questions about things about the city. And I'm going, I don't know. It's my first city council meeting being there. I, I was was going, this is a little uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I didn't even know what they were going to be talking about. And there I was, went in there, and what happened, it, because of the power that God gives, it flips the table where the enemy, at this point in time, apparently, they were doing some some things that they shouldn't have been doing, uh, the, the, those who would be setting out against God and doing unethical things, they become the ones who are afraid. They become the ones who are afraid because God has given you a spirit of power. But then also it says, of love. Of love. You know, one thing that the Holy Spirit does in your life is that He enables you to love those who are unlovable. He enables you to love those who, who you, you would seem are unlovable, or you'd go, oh man, that's a child only the mother could love. You know, you, you've met some of those people before. I've definitely met some of those people. Uh, hopefully, you're not one of those people. But, but, but when you, you go and you realize this, there have been people in my life that God has placed in my life that, man, let me tell you, they're not easy to love, and I wouldn't want to love them if it was up to my own vices, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, God allows you to love them. And when you're loving others, and of course, the only way that you're truly loving others right is when you're loving God right. It means that you're going to love yourself less. You're going to be less selfish in a sense of uh, of of being selfish. And and when you're less selfish, you're more likely to go and to do what God has called you to do. The third thing that it says here is that of a sound mind. Of a sound mind. You know, Timothy was not just merely going to have to go out and not be afraid and to take a stand 
but he was going to need to be reassured of a spirit of power so that he could stand, but then also of love so that he could reach out and pull people out of hell and into heaven. But then he also was going to need to have that of a sound mind so that he wouldn't be doing dumb things. You know, there there are some people who, who they wholeheartedly believe that God has given them a spirit of power and a spirit of love, and they're loving, and they're, they're, they're powerful in, in one sense that they have a message that they're preaching, but they don't realize that God has given them a, a sound mind as well, that, you know, doing things with strategy are okay. Now, sometimes you just have to go and say, this is the line, I'm drawing the line, and I'm proclaiming it, and God, you, you know, if they throw me into the fiery furnace— I hope you save me, but even if not, Lord, I'm still just going to stand for you. Sometimes you have to say that. But one thing I want you to realize as Christians is that God has given you also a spirit of a sound mind, of a sound mind. And, you know, that's that's one thing that oftentimes we forget about the Holy Spirit or, or people don't seem to understand and realize about the Holy Spirit, is, is that when you are close to the Holy Spirit, when you are truly uh, tapping into the benefits of the Holy Spirit, truly following the Holy Spirit, it's not just that He's going to help you love people that you don't want to love. It's not just that He's going to enable you with power that you didn't have before, but He's also going to give you a sound mind. You're going to have discernment. You're going to have a strategy. You're, you're going to be working in wise ways. The Holy Spirit isn't a raging fool or a reckless love, you know, to go and to poke some bears there. But he, he is somebody who enables you with a sound mind as well, a sound mind as well. And so I want you to remember these things because God— has equipped you with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit isn't a spirit of fear, but it is it is of love and a sound mind and, of course, of great power. You need to walk in those three things. You need to use all three of those things. You know, if you just use uh, power and, and love, you, you kind of come out and you, you end up doing really dumb things. It's just the reality of it. If you end up just having a sound mind and love, well, you, you never have the boldness to really go and accomplish anything. And if you just have power and a sound mind, but you don't have any love, then you're never reaching out to others. But if you use all three, then you're speaking with boldness. You're loving and reaching out to others. And you have a strategy as to how to do it and do it properly. And that's just one avenue of this. This this verse could be applied a lot more. Power has a lot more meaning than that. Love has a lot more meaning than that. And a sound mind has a lot more meaning to that. But that's all the time we have this morning to really get into this. We could probably spend weeks and weeks and definitely hours and hours just on this one verse so that we could understand it. It has a lot more depth than just that. But that's as far as we can make it today. So... Uh, let's remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. It says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and have good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness, 
We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith Already 